everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Allison. And my name is Fonda. And today, Fonda is going to be talking about Keely Jones from <gasps> Ted Lasso. Yes. Yes. Very excited. Yay. Very excited about talking about her. Um, so I would love to do like a TLDR about the series Ted Lasso for anyone that hasn't watched it to kind of get like the base premise and why this girl is so she's a woman but also <laughs> she can be girly and cute and adorable and I she's great yeah I honestly think Allison would like that and like the boss bitch character that's amazing mm. in the show you would love but I really <laughs> think you'd like Keely Jones for like things that will come up and I I hope this convinces you to finally watch the series I know I just you know <laughs> Why do why are there so many streaming platforms? I know. <laughs> I know. That's my problem. It's not that I don't want to watch it. Just just get the one month. Is that there's free nothing on Apple then... <laughs> except for Ted Lasso. That's the I only know. thing on Apple that I want to watch. And I'm just like, why is this streaming platform so shitty? You're like, why do you I like all your other products, Allison as like I got all the so bags. many other Apple products. <laughs> but Apple TV is trash. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so TLDR, Ted Lasso is a heartwarming comedy series about an American football coach, Ted Lasso, who unexpectedly becomes the coach of a struggling English soccer team. Again, I'm saying English soccer team, but they just call it football. Yes. Called AFC Richmond. Despite having little knowledge of the sport, Lasso brings his relentless positivity, kindness, and unconventional coaching methods to inspire his team and win over the skeptical players and fans. The show explores themes of personal growth, teamwork, and the power of optimism in the face of adversity. So far, there are only three seasons, and at the time of this recording, um, season three only has 10 episodes out, and there's supposed to be 12. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about Keely Jones. I'm going to say up until like what I've watched, which is episode 10 of season three. Okay. So I have no idea what's going to happen in the next two. Everything just goes to hell. Everything <laughs> changes. Just watch every point I make just suddenly be like, oh, let me update. Let me talk about Keely Jones. Yeah. I would like to embark on an exciting exploration of the beloved character that I think is Keely Jones. She is like... I think she's, besides Ted Lasso, like, they could make a whole show about Kaylee Jones. <laughs> and I would watch it. Over the past three seasons, so far, Keely has proven to be a very, very remarkable character, evolving from a secondary role to a powerhouse strength, sort of, like, vulnerable and, like, growth-orientated female character in the show. Mm -hmm. I'll say this a lot as we go, but again, I really think people should watch the series, so I'm only going to be talking about, like, Keely's growth and not necessarily, like, everything else from the show, unless it's specifically important to, like, how she is adapted throughout it. Yeah. Because I don't want to spoil it, because there's a lot of, like, really good parts, um, but I definitely, again, I just, like, I just really think... Uh, you'll fall in love with her and you'll want to watch the show for her and then in doing so fall in love with all the other great characters. Yeah. Honestly, I would love to just talk about all the wonderful characters in Ted Lasso. <laughs> just do a Ted Lasso fan podcast. Just do, there has 
to be one already. There has to be one already. If there's not, I'm putting this out there. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it, and yet I have, have no time to do it. No time. But, but it is mine. It is mine. It is mine. So starting with season one, Keely Jones enters the scene in her first episode as like a charismatic, confident, stunning, like wives and girlfriend character, kind of, okay. to a football player called Jamie Tart. Initially, she kind of like embodies the archetype of a superficial party girl mm. in the first mm-hmm. season. And that's only for the first bits we get her because we get like more and more as season one goes on. Yeah. However, it doesn't take long for Keely to reveal her true colors as season one goes on. She's more than meets the eye, which I feel like happens a lot with many characters where like you get like a little bit and then you're kind of like, oh, I know what you are. And then you're like, oh, I don't. Yeah, kind of like standard uh, this sort of feel good comedy thing. Like I think they did on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They did it on Shit's Creek where they give you a very stereotypical character and then they're like, let's flesh this out and make them an actual person and not just like a stereotype or an archetype. Yeah, which is really nice. I love that that's more of a, I'm going to say, like expected thing Yeah, from a lot of media is like, we want to give you a fun stereotype Mm -hmm. because they're comfortable, but also let's... Because it allows you to connect right away, right? It allows you to jump in immediately and be like, oh, okay, I understand this person. And then by already being attached, you're more, you're going to enjoy their story more. Exactly. Allison said it. Very well. Very well done. (laughs) So one thing that the show does so well with Keely all throughout the series is her like witty banter and sharp humor. Ooh, I like and that. it's kind of like understated a little bit because like she doesn't really do it to get a laugh or to get like anything out of people. Yeah. It's just like kind of like part of her. And you can tell how like those interactions like either some people are like a little thrown off because they're like didn't expect that or some people are just like very welcoming to it. Yeah. Um, I think this helps establish her as this charismatic presence that we kind of get to see from her right away. And as we get to see Keely's transformation from, again, this seemingly superficial character to a woman with depth and substance, her decision to end at the time, I'm going to say this, at the time, it was a toxic relationship with Jamie, marked the first step in her journey towards self-discovery. Yeah. And what I mean by toxic is not that he was like he Jamie from the beginning was never like a very bad. This is a very bad very bad person he just had flaws that was holding her back yeah and she was stuck in this like repetitive i'm gonna say like toxic mindset of what she thought she had to be yeah again i can't jamie turns out to be amazing i can't (laughs) i don't want anyone to unassume (laughs) to misinterpret my words it doesn't have to be a abusive relationship to be a toxic relationship there are a lot of different reasons why a relationship could be toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I just know that's kind of like a buzzword when yes. everyone's like, oh, this is a toxic relationship. Everyone's like, oh, the worst. And it's just like, actually. <laughs> you immediately jump to like right? extremely bad conclusions. <laughs> extremely bad conclusions. And I don't want that for Jamie Dark because he, he gets really good later down the road. Uh, so that's kind of like most of season one is her exploring the type of person she wants to be mm-hmm. after kind of like interacting with other changes other people are kind of like throwing out there or asking. And a lot of it happens because Ted Lasso's making changes as a part of the football team. Yeah. 
Then when we get into season two, the show brings even greater challenges and growth for Keely as she embraces her independence and explores her passions beyond her relationship with Jamie. She actually kind of starts to think about what she wants to be besides a model and like a it's never really stated what kind of model she is or what kind of like um, presence she has in England. But like a lot of people know her. She's not like I'm not going to say like a celebrity in the sense that like she gets stopped on the street all the time. But she's definitely she has a presence in variety of ways. And I think a lot of it stems from her being a model. Okay. Um, but she starts to kind of like get out of that and wants to explore other passions that she likes. In doing so, she actually joins Rebecca's newly acquired football team. Rebecca owns AFC Richmond. She's the boss bitch. She's amazing. (laughs) I love her so much. You would too. She is great. I know. I've heard nothing but good things about this show. It's so good. I just, I know that I would love it. (laughs) I also really like Jason Sudeikis. Like, I just, Yeah. yeah, I I like his, the things he creates. Um, So (laughs) knowing what I do know of this show, I'm just like, I know that I'd like it. I just. (sighs) I know it took me a bit to watch it too. I didn't start watching it until like, I'm going to say February. Okay. Mainly because I was like, oh, there's going to be a third season and I want to watch it. But if I have to do it on Apple, (laughs) I'm only going to do it for a month. Yeah. (laughs) I want to like wait so we kind of like binged all of season one and two very quickly yes to get down the where i am now yes <laughs> anyways so rebecca hires her as like the marketing and public relations expert because it's actually something she's super good at yeah which makes sense because she's charismatic she knows how to deal with like a lot of stuff and she's seen a lot of it being a model yeah like how other people are doing things Her fierce dedication and natural talent for branding uh, becomes evident as she helps rebrand the team's image. Her friendship with Rebecca flourishes, and it's amazing. I know, it's so good. Demonstrating the power of supportive female relationships in the show, of which... While in season one, it was shown, but not really like explicitly stated at the time, Keeley's consistent flirtatious and adoring compliments towards other women in the show was shown more in this season, which is important because as some people, okay, side (laughs) note, I hate when people are like, oh, this person was never bisexual or this person was never gay or queer because it you know, it looked like they were straight the whole time. Yes, because they were in a heteronormative relationship. Yeah. Or possibly that's the only part of their thing that the story explored. <laughs> yeah. And it comes up a lot, I feel like, when some people kind of get pissed when they think the writers will be like, oh, let's make this person queer to fit an agenda. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of writers should have more credit for being like, let's make this person be a person. Yes. So they don't have to say what their sexuality is. It doesn't have to be their whatever. Yeah. And so in season one, I personally picked up on some stuff that I'm like, oh, either she's just very kind and complimentary or she notices certain things about women because maybe she also finds them attractive. (laughs) Yes. Anyways. Bio erasure is a thing. And don't get me wrong. There does need to be more like visibly queer characters and stuff like that but also we need to allow space for like for that not to be their only character trait because that's 
a thing that's been going on for way too long. I know. So. <laughs> I, know. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, but anyways, so Keely and Rebecca dive deeper into their friendship along with other women that Keely meets from Rebecca's life, which Yay. is very cool. <sighs> so what we learned from season two, <laughs> this is what I want to say. Season two basically allowed us to see Keely taking charge of her own destiny and becoming an empowering force within AFC Richmond, which is very nice because, like, what we found out in season one was, like, sports teams were mainly and are mainly owned by men. Mm -hmm. Rebecca is the first person within, like, England and the vicinity of, like, where AFC Richmond plays of, like, female ownership. Yeah. And while there's a lot of, like, men in the space, it's not new that you might have a woman being, like, the marketing person. It's really nice to see kind of, like, these two women sort of, like, taking a guiding hand and showing it in, like, a male-dominated sport, not just for players, but also just for, like, people that own it, people that market for it, etc. It kind of shows, like, the challenges challenges and struggles they might have as a team together because mm-hmm. people like <laughs> they don't expect them to be as good as they are and then they prove them wrong and that's yes. great yeah and i love that because yeah. like, yes i mean there's so much that you can get into in regards to like especially soccer because uh here in canada our female soccer team kicks fucking ass mm-hmm. and is amazing and yet Female soccer teams are consistently having to fight for their right for higher pay, for better time slots on television. And people are like, well, nobody watches it. It's like, well, because you put it on at really shitty times. And there's like so much bureaucracy and like sexist bullshit that goes on in that like sphere, which Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if any of that sort of leaks into the show. I don't know if you've noticed any of them like talking about that. It hasn't yet. Um, But yeah, there's there's tons of stuff in the media regarding like trying to actually support like women soccer players and other like female athletes and stuff which is amazing um i don't know there's like i can't remember where it is it might be like portland because it seems like a portland thing but (laughs) there's a gal who started um a sports bar that she called the sports Um, bra where she only plays female sports. sports She only had that's all that's on the television. Anybody who comes in, she will not change the channel. She will not play male sports. If there are no female games or anything on, the televisions aren't on. Mm. Like it's very much like this political statement. And apparently it's doing great. That's <laughs> but, that's wonderful. And I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love a political statement. <laughs> uh life goal yeah yeah <laughs> it's fucking awesome let's be like if you don't like it go somewhere else go somewhere else there's yeah. plenty of sports bars where you can go and watch the men play yeah <laughs> like, or a pay-per-view yes like this is a place for us i'm pretty sure she's a lesbian too so like very much like a queer space mm. a lovely like supporting equality yeah and stuff <laughs> stuff uh so Again, I just like seeing her navigate professional growth. She was doing a lot of like meaningful connections and emerging as a source of inspiration for those around her mm-hmm. while she was doing this in season two. On top of that, she develops a relationship with Roy Kent, another very fun male character, yes. very interesting guy. Uh, he's a character who not only allows us to see the type of person Keely can be within a relationship that allows her to grow and thrive for wanting positive connection, 
But it's a relationship that fostered a lot of great character growth for both Roy and Keeley. And I'm a sucker for a relationship that shows both in like shows and books uh, that gives us like a lot of like positivity about growth yeah, with each other, but also can be separate, but they can also be like, it's okay that we're kind of like both anyways, just big sucker for kind of like what they were doing in season two with yes. Roy and Keeley. But something that's also interesting is seeing how Roy and Keeley's relationship affected Jamie in this season. Mm-hmm. They kind of like, how they displayed themselves as a couple and individuals in front of others had a positive effect. And I think that's largely in part because Keely still kept in contact with Jamie after the breakup. Cause it wasn't anything that necessarily like, it wasn't like a bad breakup. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were things that she was like, I don't want this, blah, 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 blah. But she never had any ill will towards the type of person that, I think Jamie was. Yeah. And because she still wanted him to do well in in football. So she was very much so as like a marketing relations person, just like. Yeah, it just wasn't working. Yeah, it just wasn't working. And I just feel like sometimes shows underutilize the bond that men and women can have in regards to platonic relationships. Yes. Like, why is it that anytime there's a friendship between two men, sorry, <laughs> two, between <laughs> two, men, two men, two men between a man and a woman. Um, does it have to always be perceived as like romantic or yeah. sexual? And like, don't get me wrong, the amount of times I'll be like, oh, that's a cute pairing sometimes. But like for this, I was just like, no, they're just being, they're just cute together as a platonic like vibe. And I, I really like yeah that in this show too, is the amount of like platonic relationships that they kind of show. Yeah. Which is really healthy, I think. Yes, yeah, and to, like, (laughs) specifically to have it be two people who could theoretically be interested in each other, having that platonic relationship, because it's, like, we do see, like, a decent amount of, like, the gay friend. Yeah. But it's, like, to, to imply that a man who is interested in women cannot be friends with women is, like... Is really shitty to men, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) It's like saying the only reason they want to have or be around certain women is because they want to have a sexual relationship with them of some kind. Yeah. It's it's not giving them very much credit, which... No! As as the resident person who doesn't give men very much credit... (laughs) (laughs) It's coming a lot from Allison. It's saying a lot. (laughs) It's saying a lot. You know, I hate it. Me, 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 me. So... I would like to then from there shift our focus to season three, which again, there's only yes. 10 episodes out at the time of this recording, but she continues to evolve and she actually faces a lot more challenges this season okay. than we kind of got to see of her in one and two. Please note that these episodes are going to cover again, like what what is just out listeners. I don't. I don't have full season three, so if by the time you're listening to this, you're, you forgot everything I said earlier and is like, oh, this bitch <laughs> forgot, blah, blah, blah. I know, okay? <laughs> let me, let me keep going. I'm very aware. <laughs> so Keely's ambition shines as she inspires... Uh, I'm going to redo that. <laughs> Keely's ambition shines as she aspires to elevate her... Cor- her... <laughs> 
We haven't done this in a while. I'm having a hard time reading sentences yeah. that I wrote. Oh. <laughs> Let me just open my mouth wider for pronunciation. Keely's ambition shines as she aspires to elevate her career by starting her own marketing agency. <laughs> to be fair, that would be a pretty tough sentence <laughs> to say. <laughs> I didn't make it easy for myself. You sure, sure didn't. I was like, let you me, wrote that. I know. I was like, let me make, let me use big words. <laughs> you use a lot of big words. They're all going to be in the sentence all together. <laughs> Oh, I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but in doing so, her vulnerability is exposed as she struggles with insecurities and feelings of imposter syndrome. With Ooh. anyone at any point in their life, no matter what it is, even if you're just doing really great at a local convenience store and your manager's like, hey, I want you to be a manager. And then you get there and you're like, fuck what? I feel it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I feel like anyone feels like imposter syndrome at any point in time. Yeah, like constantly. <laughs> yeah, I just got a raise at work and I'm like, I worked really hard for this. Like one side of my brain's like, I worked really fucking hard for this and I've been like busting my ass for a very long time to get here. And then the other part of my brain's like, you suck at this. You're you don't fail. deserve this. <laughs> they're, putting all of their, they're putting all of their hopes and just like, you're going to let them down. on your shoulders and you're going to let them down. Oh. <laughs> it's like you're secretly bad at your job even though you've been good at your job and i'm just like Ugh. you're like dear god it's tough it's hard to get over that it sucks so it's nice to kind of see because like it happens a lot i feel like for a lot of people so yeah. it's nice that it's something that comes up this season on top of that she starts the season off by becoming a newly single woman mm. which gives us an opportunity to see keely in different lights and different situations for example, I don't think this is a spoiler because the show did a bang-up job setting the stage for this, but we find out through being shown, not told, that again, Keely is indeed bisexual this season. Yeah. It comes up a lot more. Again, I don't think it's a surprise. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hitting the table because I'm very aggressive about this. I don't think it's a surprise that she's bisexual at this it's point. In my opinion, my opinion, I think they gave ample, ample opportunities to be like hinting at the fact that there's more to her. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Because I don't want to make a big deal about it. <laughs> but moving on. Uh, where am I? <laughs> Sorry, I wrote a lot of notes about how pissed off I am about this. <laughs> But we talked about it already. So you have no idea on. the amount I had to edit my notes for the next episode we're going to record. Holy shit. Because I wrote them while I was reading the books. And it's just like stream of conscious nonsense. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I know. I know. I know. Like I wrote here, as if being queer is all anyone's personality can be. And I'm like, Allison said that. Allison said that. Let me move on. Yes. <laughs> um, any, any who's it's. Season three isn't done, and I don't want to dive into the specifics from each one, but I think what I really like is, again, because she's single, they're exploring the past relationships of Keeley's life in different ways between Roy and Jamie a lot, mm -hmm. which is very interesting. And something that I, I like quite a bit is they'll set up certain situations where if it was like other shows 
with certain writing where certain things happen a lot, like stereotypical events, I would be like, oh, we see a past boyfriend notice that the ex-girlfriend broke up with the current now other ex-boyfriend and you see them both walking in a certain way and depart and then you see the ex-boyfriend be like hmm and then I'm like oh no don't go after Keely like don't like don't try to don't pursue that it. and he doesn't he doesn't he goes to support Roy oh good and I'm like that's nice Anyways, there's a lot of good examples of, like, setting up things where, like, in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, are that... you going to do this stereotypical thing? And they, they don't, which That's is really nice. nice. That's so nice. I can't understate how much I've been surprised pleasantly by this yeah. show. And it's, it's almost infuriating. Right? <laughs> how you're just like, I'm so pleasantly surprised that they didn't fuck this up. And they didn't and it's like, fuck this up. how low is the bar? <laughs> How low does this have to be? <laughs> it's kind of low. Yeah. It's kind of low. But it's good to hear that there's other there shows that are, like, lifting, that are raising that bar and that they are, like, being like, yeah, you don't have to fall into, like, the Friends tropes, which, yeah. holy, rewatching Friends, you're just like, man, this show really fucked up a whole generation of people and made them think some really incorrect things about relationships. Because there's some toxic shit in that show that yeah. happens, and it's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once... So I've never watched Friends. Like, as a, a young teen, my mom was never into it. I never really had the opportunity to see it on TV when it was airing. Yeah. I think the only times I did was, like, now and then, going to a friend's house who had, like, a season on VHS. <laughs> and they'd Love be that. like, let's watch my favorite episode. And I'm just there being like, I don't get the context, but I'll be here for you. Adam watched be there for you. Oh, I set myself up. Still for that. good. Yeah, you sure did. I knew it nice. Was it planned? Um, but I think it was like over COVID. Adam was watching it, and I'm just sitting there being like, I really hate. I really don't like some of these things. Like what? What? What's the guy's name? Ross. Ross. The worst. I don't. The worst. No offense to you, actor, male actor. You were doing your job with the writing yes. and stuff that you were given. Oh boy, howdy. I don't like you as a character in the show at all. I hated it. Every time something happened, I was like, even if in my brain I'm like, I get to see his perspective. You get to see certain things and you're like, oh, no, there's a miscommunication. The, a lot of it, I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. Why? Is the whole like we were on a break thing yeah. literally like like effect directly affected generations of people like that. I directly tie that to being friends fault. But a fun thing. Did you ever watch We're the Millers? No. This does directly tie to. Okay. Um, tell me. Uh, <laughs> To Ted Lasso, and specifically me breaking out into that song because it made me think of this. Uh, We're the Millers is a very funny comedy with uh, Jennifer Aniston in it, who's from Friends, and with Jason Sudeikis, who is from Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a kind of a raunchy comedy. Um, I love seeing, uh, I think Jennifer Aniston is a stripper in the show, um, which is amazing, and it's a very funny movie. I suggest watching it. Okay. But in at the end, they do that thing that I love on comedy movies where they put all the bloopers throughout the... Um, throughout the credits and so they're all traveling in this Winnebago at some point in the thing and then they turn on the radio and it's the Friends song (laughs) and Jennifer Aniston's just like fuck you guys fuck you guys 
<laughs> and it's very funny. And I, or like Jennifer Aniston and Jacob Sudeikis play so well off of each other. Um, so that's, that's what just popped into my brain. Random tangent to bring us back around to Ted Lasso in a really roundabout. I appreciate um, it. Eight degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever the fuck that thing is. <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> Nice. Eight degrees of Jennifer Aniston. Here we go. Here we go. Oh man. Um, I would actually like to talk about like the flaws of Keely. Yes. Because I think they're very like again. We love anybody with flaws. Love a flawed. Character. We love a flawed character. And it doesn't like because Keely's such a kind, again charismatic person that like I feel like her flaws were a lot of things that I was like I. I, I get, I feel this. Like, uh, the first one, for me, insecurity and imposter syndrome. Yes. Despite her outward confidence, Keely battles with moments of insecurity and imposter syndrome all the time. She often questions her abilities and struggles with self-doubt. And I think this flaw allows, like, us as viewers to connect again with her in that way of, like, you know, having insecurity mixed with your imposter syndrome or even having them be separate at times, like... Anyone, anywhere can experience those two things. If you are a man, a woman, a non-binary individual, you're going to, at some point in your life, yeah. you will experience these things. And it's like a nice flaw to see because you can kind of connect with like certain moments she yeah. experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. No, I think that's, it's a really good thing to show. Yeah. Yeah. The next one, which I, let me tell you, this one, Allison. I'm this this is like like my top connecting point. People pleasing. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Keely possesses again a natural I keep hitting the table shit. <laughs> Keely possesses a natural inclination to please other people. And I think it's part of like one, her job as a model. She wants to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Now she wants to be the woman of her own like business marketing firm and she wants to always kind of like make sure the people around her feel supported feel seen feel heard but in doing so it's like affecting her and so she's often navigating between different expectations and struggles with setting boundaries yeah because of the people pleasing tendencies that like she can have yeah and i just remember the whole time being like i feel this way all the die constantly I constantly want to please people and i know it's bad and i'm working on it so so i feel you keely jones as you're trying to set boundaries <laughs> other ones have to do with like her fear of v- of feeling vulnerable with other people again despite her being very charismatic and outgoing uh i feel like she often hides her true emotions behind a facade of humor and lightheartedness, fearing like rejection or judgment or like wanting to hurt another person. And I think this is something that feels very genuine in like um, a way that it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. For one example, I, I think especially with her relationships with other people, she's very open and transparent in a way that's like really nice to see. But when she has to be vulnerable in a way that, is either new to her or she's not sure how it's going to like affect the other person. You can tell that she's like being like, Oh, it's okay. You know, like she puts on that, like the, no, it's fine. Like we'll work through it. Like she acts as if she's okay. Mm-hmm. But then later it shows that it is kind of affecting her. And that was something that I thought was definitely very 
Again, I didn't notice it was a flaw immediately. And I think that's what happens with some flaws that aren't like very bad flaws. You know what I mean? When someone's like, oh, you're <laughs> you're an egotistical maniac. That's a bad flaw. Yes. But if it's like, oh, but you have a flaw of like people pleasing, it's something that I don't think a lot of people would pick up on. And so no. Keely has a lot of these flaws that I think are so mundane. Yes. Especially if she's a model. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of flaws that are very much, uh, I'd almost say supported in that kind of industry yeah where it's like yeah they throw those industries i've watched project one runway (laughs) (laughs) i've i've read interviews and stuff like there's there's a a toxic culture a very toxic culture when it comes to modeling and stuff and constantly making you feel less than like you you need to be skinnier you need to be prettier you need to like do these things better like there's a constant drive to be like there's going to be somebody prettier and younger and like with better proportions than you or whatever more symmetric more symmetrical like i don't fucking know (laughs) but like that constant like yeah the imposter syndrome is like well somebody's gonna eventually come along and replace me or like the people pleasing it's like you you get your work by making people like you and like that is a that can be such a hard yeah. thing to have to tie your like not just your self worth but like your actual ability to like pay your bills to how much people like you no. and I cannot imagine no and it's hard especially because I don't want to spoil the last like episodes eight to ten mm-hmm. for Keely because there's like a really good arc that she has with her business but at one point there's a sex tape that gets I'm calling it a sex tape but Mm -hmm. it's just her like masturbating and she sent it privately to an ex someone hacked onto a variety of people's Mm -hmm. phones or whatever and found this of Keely and it's like affecting her in the way it's like ruining her business kind of Mm -hmm. and it's like really challenging because there's a lot of people around her that are trying to be supportive but also like one person is just like well who's it who was it for it doesn't matter yeah so there's that there's that like who is it for and then there's like a few people that make her feel like she has to be ashamed yeah and then it's her struggling with the fact that like she is a very sex positive character in the show And she knows that she shouldn't feel ashamed for these things. She's very much so, like, she promotes being sex positive and just the way that she kind of is and helpful with other people. And then this happens, and it's, like, a lot of people are saying, like, for her public apology that she needs to say that she was ashamed of doing it. And she's like, but I what, like... She's like, no. And it just causes a lot of, like, stuff for her. Yeah. And you can tell it's challenging because she knows it's she has a moral stance on it Mm -hmm. but also she knows that depending on what she does or doesn't do it's going to affect her business and the people she's hired Mm -hmm. to work with her and all these other things and you can just like see how much it just the the patriarchal bullshit surrounding female sexuality and it yeah it's also kind of like the worst with like the person that I don't want to spoil it. You just yeah. got to get there because it's like yeah. you'll get to the point and you'll be like, oh, this is why Fonda was like, oh, that's it's kind yeah. of backhanded in like a yeah way where I'm like, why? But it's just because it's one of those things that, yeah, you have a stance on something, but 
having a stance on it in theory and then having to deal with the real world repercussions of that are very different. Yeah. Like there's been um, a few like interesting videos and stuff that I've watched of girls who do like OnlyFans and things like that. And she's just like, yeah, like this girl was talking about it and she's like, yeah, it's it's a different thing when everyone you know now knows what you look like. And just like having to then deal with that, having to be prepared to because in theory signing up for an OnlyFans like over COVID so many people like that was a a very common um like a joke it's like oh well I'll just go I'll just go do OnlyFans and we'll go buy a house and like all of those things but it's just the theory and the reality are very different things Mm -hmm. and it's nice that they're like that they are taking what sounds like a responsible and empathetic course with a real thing that affects so many women oh for sure and like one note is like everybody on the football team when they're talking about it like blah 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 blah. someone's like guys keely was one of the women that got you know exposed and they're all just like and the the captain of the football team is like everybody delete every single photo you have on your phone of a woman or anybody right now. This could happen to any of us and affect anyone we love in our life. And then the guy that's French, that's French is just like, but what if you're French and like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, I don't care. So they make like little comments about like in some cultures, it's probably not a big deal yes. to see like naked photos of certain yeah, like people. Western cultures are treat nudity and sexuality very differently yeah. and it's bullshit. But it was so <laughs> nice to see like the male football captain just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is, we can't be a part of this. We're, you delete shit off your phone. You don't do this to other women. It was really nice. Yes. And no one on the team argued. I mean, they made yeah. comments and be yeah. like, what if? And it's like, No. <laughs> Because it's it is still a comedy show. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. So that's nice. Like that's they were cute. so there yeah. for Keely, which was super cool. Yeah. Um. Overall, I think like what I want to say in summary is that Keely Jones is a fantastic female character in modern television because one, she's multidimensional with her personality, mm-hmm. which I love a lot. She's very empowering with like how her growth is what she does with other people for herself she's very authentic i think in representation mainly because she's very like sexy and like positive and she's so kind and supportive but also like what i guess what i mean by like authentic representation is she's not picture perfect Like, none of the women in there are picture perfect or meant to always have makeup on. Like, we'll see Keely with makeup on because clearly she likes that. Mm -hmm. But also we'll see a lot of times where, like, if she's upset, like, the makeup is, like, going down her face. Or, like, you know, certain things where it's, like, we see her as a a woman living life. Yeah. Not just, like, a woman expected to look like this all the time and certain things. And anyways, I just, like... Because it kind of takes you out of feeling like the show is, like, real. Yeah. I also think she's a a very good positive role model, especially with... So when she has a relationship with Roy, his niece often hangs out with him. And so she sees Keely. And one time they were supposed to spend 
like a val- a sexy Christmas together. <laughs> and so she opens this door and like you can see her bra and you can see her underwear, but she's wearing like a slightly see-through red sexy dress and uh-huh. heels. And the kid just walks in and she's like, oh, yeah, we can spend Christmas together. And the kid's not affected at all. Like the whole time. Yeah. And Ke- I just feel like she's... I would love to spend a day with Keely Jones. She's so, again, she's just so kind and funny and charismatic. And, like, I love her confidence in herself is something that I kind of wish I could soak up from her. Yeah. But I think it's something that she's definitely still struggling with that you can see through the show is, like, yeah, she's confident, but also she can still be affected even Mm -hmm. if she seems like this charismatic person that's, like... Like, you know, when you see a confident person, you kind of think like, oh, nothing bothers them. I think she's an example of like shit still bothers people, even if they have outward confidence. Still takes work. Yeah. Anyways, I love love Keely Jones. Um, Before we got here, my husband was just like Fonda. Good choice. (laughs) Good choice. And I was like, thank you. She's so cool. (laughs) She's so cool. She's so cool. We both love Keely Jones so much. She's so great. And I hope anyone wants to fucking watch Ted Lasso or just, like, go on to Tumblr and just Google, like, Keely Jones and just look at GIFs all day. Just, <laughs> just enjoy so the GIFs. So get in, uh, in a different media if you need to. Um, but that's everything that I like Yeah. about Keely Jones from Ted Lasso. Allison, what are you interested in? So... <laughs> I, as I had mentioned a little bit earlier, I did get a raise at work. So my life has been essentially just work. Um, (laughs) It's been work and like a little bit of D, a little bit of D and D and then just so much work. (laughs) But in between the work, I have been breaking, like just escaping the world with my, my two favorite vices, which is (laughs) romance books and trash television. (laughs) The next episode we're going to be recording, we're going to be talking about romance books. So right now, I'm going to talk about trash television. (laughs) (laughs) I finally got around to watching the Netflix show The Ultimatum. It was terrible and amazing all at the same time. The whole entire concept of, like, needing to give somebody an ultimatum to get married, in my mind, is just like, you should not. That's that's probably not the right relationship for you, to be honest. <laughs> like, or you just have to communicate better. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's what the show did was force <laughs> them to communicate better. It was chaos. It was absolute fucking chaos. And the biggest reason why I had to watch the first season of The Ultimatum, because it came out like quite a while ago, mm-hmm. was because they have a new season coming on. So after I finished a different trash television show, also on Netflix, called The Perfect Match, think it was on that one it might have been on the the new season of love is blind but either way okay. on one of the other trash television shows that i watched <laughs> there was a trailer for the next season of the ultimatum which is all queer ladies <laughs> so they're all either like lesbians or bisexuals but they are all women in relationships with women okay and so they all like in these partners like gave an ultimatum we either get married or we break up and then the concept of the show is that you then Go to this place and then you go and you kind of date around all of these other people who are in the same situation where one person wants to get married and one person doesn't. And then you date around to see all these other people who want similar things to you or who don't want certain things to you. And then you live with a different partner. You pick a different partner at the end of like the dating and you live with them for three weeks. I think it's three weeks. Either way, you live with them for a period of time as like a fake marriage. Like what it's like to like 
to test run being married to somebody else. And then you go back and you live with your original partner for three weeks to decide if you if this has forced you to like communicate better and to like talk about your feelings or if it's, it's forced you to think through all of the problems okay. and the roadblocks okay. to like force your relationship forward. But this, in my mind, is is step one to my ultimate trash television show that I want so bad. That Which my, is? That my coworker at work, I have opened his mind to this concept also okay. because of this show. Okay. Because he is, he is a straight tradie. Okay. And he fucking loves trash TV and it's my favorite thing about him. Because <laughs> we talk about it all the time. And I was like, just imagine this though. Like Love Island kind of style okay. or like... Too hot to and too hot to handle kind of style where you okay. just bring in just a bunch of super hot people okay. that <laughs> morally standing <laughs> have some questionable views on sexuality and love. Uh-huh. Um, you bring them all in, you get them all into a house, and every single person in the show is bisexual. All the men are bisexual, all the women are bisexual, everybody's on the table. Absolute chaos, and that is all I fucking want. <laughs> it's just it's just a massive show of bisexuals where anybody can fall for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the ultimatum, all queer edition, is like my step one to getting uh, my like my all bisexual <laughs> island dating show. Oh, and so I, I told this to my coworker, and he's like, he's like, I've never thought of that before, and now I want nothing more. <laughs> And so, if by some miracle anybody can get all of the Netflix people, that's my idea. You can have it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like, please just like tag me in a thanks. Like, like you want you want chaos and drama and just like everything. Just get a whole bunch of bisexuals together with like a whole bunch of bisexuals who love sex and just are hot and put them in bikinis and make them do crazy challenges where they have to kiss each other. And- <laughs> And I'll be happy and it'll be fucking great. <laughs> so so I'm excited about trash television and I also want more from it because fuck do I love like like I love drama that has nothing to do with me. And it's perfect. <laughs> see, I can't do that cuz I just get you know when like you see something and you're like, "Oh, I'm like like secondhand awkwardness," you know, and you're just like, "Oh no." Oh no, something's happening. And you're like, oh no, like the I could not. I could not. The drama would just make me like curl up in a ball and be like, why though? Oh, the best part about the ultimatum is that when they're having to like pick the person who they want to spend the rest of the time with, they're all sitting around a dinner table together. And the two hosts of the show are like, so how did you like talking to other people? Did they make you feel better than your partner does? And it's just like the most like oh, that's so hard. the most direct, harsh, like oh. horrifyingly awkward oh. thing. And I love it because everybody just and then they get the people doing the interviews afterwards where they talk about how they were feeling in that moment. And they're like, I couldn't believe that they asked them this and just like they're constantly <laughs> shit talking each other. And it's just so good. And I don't have to think about anything. And it's so dumb. Oh, I can just boy. turn my brain off and just just chill and watch other people's lives go to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just chill and just... Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, so that's so that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> good! Uh <laughs> You can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. 
All of the art for The Wench Bench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Regan. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Wherevile. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Um, blah, 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 blah.